we have to realize that we can only do what we can do. You know, the biggest thing is once we understand what it is that our gifts are, we can help other people. Welcome to Care to Create, a show where we learn from the people who are behind creative solutions that make communities better. I'm your host, Anna McCarty, and I'm the Storytelling and Communications Director for AIGA Orlando. And like my guest today, I was also born and raised in Lakeland, Florida. I'm so excited to share what he's doing to make my hometown a better place. Today, we're talking to Jamin Smith. He's a designer for the city of Lakeland, an active design advocate, and documentary maker. In addition to his professional work, Jamin dedicates his talents to the community under the moniker Project Elevate. Today's episode is all about how to elevate your local community using whatever tools and talents you have at your disposal. Don't forget to listen to the end for Jamin's creative challenge. Without further ado, let's meet our guest. Hey, Jamin, thank you so much for joining me on Care to Create. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. My name is Jamin Smith. I am the graphic design specialist at the city of Lakeland. By day and at night, I run my own creative design firm called J Elevate. How have you been coping with the pandemic so far? Uh, You know what? Um, When it comes to what the pandemic brought, it's just very uncertain. So it's kind of hard to plan around it. You just kind of take it day by day. I hear you. I feel that way too. We're here to talk about some initiatives that fall under an umbrella that you call Project Elevate. Can you give us a brief overview of what Project Elevate is? Okay. Yeah. So Project Elevate basically is an initiative that I've coined to combine design and creativity with storytelling and education. So I put all that together and I've kind of utilized that and called it Project Elevate. So was there a moment when you realized that you wanted to invest your energy into telling stories like this? Yes, actually. It happened when I moved from Orlando to my hometown, Lakeland. So I moved back to Lakeland. One of the main things that I, one of the main questions that I got when I was in Orlando, it's like, you're from Lakeland? What's to do there? Like, what's, what's going on? And honestly, it kind of had my mind turning at that time whenever I would get those types of questions to give them the correct response because a lot of people don't know what happens and what's going on in Lakeland. And there's so much that Lakeland has to offer other than just lakes and swans. So that was my uh, way of just starting this initiative to, um, yeah, to get it going. So I love uh, that you're doing this partly because I am also a Lakeland native. That is my hometown. I was born and raised there and I, I live in Orlando now. This is my current home, but I love what you're doing because I feel that. I feel the same. I get those same stories. They're like, oh, Lakeland, wait, wait, is that somewhere, you know, over in the middle of, I'm like, yes, yes. Like halfway between Orlando and Tampa. Right there in Central Florida, but I love that you're telling those stories because there is a lot that Lakeland has to offer. I totally agree. So we're living in a time right now, our nation has gone through an incredibly tumultuous and trying time, especially after the murder of George Floyd. How has uh, Black Lives Matter and your own experience as a Black man in America, how has it informed and affected your mission for Project Elevate? So kind of taking what I stated before, Project Elevate mixed in with the Black Lives Matters. We have to realize that 
that initiative, Black Lives Matter, isn't something that's going to be solved overnight. And so the biggest thing that we can do is educate ourselves and listen to what people have to say, um, listen from the other side, just keep your ears open to understand the next person. So with Project Elevate, that's what it's all about. It's about elevating these stories, elevating a way where we're taking design and creativity to communicate with others. So that's what I like to do. So we've been talking about Project Elevate. Um, I want to dig in a little bit deeper and talk about some of the uh, projects that reside under that umbrella. Can you tell us a little bit about Passion and Progress? Yes. So Passion and Progress was a docuseries that was created so that way we can get an understanding of the next person. It's a platform that I co-created with a friend of mine so that way uh, we can have creatives or people who are excelling in their fields um, to have their stories being told. Have you ever done anything like that before? You know, I have not. But the thing is, um, art is all about storytelling. I feel like in some ways. So you are, you're allowed and you kind of take those different skill sets and those different attributes that we put in our design and creativity and I can apply it towards film as well. So using those same attributes that we have um, for design, I mix it with film to tell a story and tell somebody else's story. So how did you get started? Like when you first were like, I'm going to do this thing. It's completely new to me. Uh, never done anything like this before. But, you know, you definitely knew how, how to tell story and other stories in other ways. Uh, so what, what were your first steps? How'd you get there? Honestly, it took a lot of research. You know, you look out in the industry, you look out just what's on the internet, and you have to figure out what it is that you're trying to shoot for. You know, we have this platform that we're trying to create that's telling other people's stories. How can we successfully do that with the short and titious fans that, you know, most people have these days? Just kind of frame it in a way that it can be digested easily. You know, some people aren't up to listening to, you know, an hour, two hour long show. But if we can condense this down to, you know, 15, 20 minutes, that might be something somebody is more inclined to, to listen to. So it took a lot of research and it's trial and error because I may come in with one perspective and I have to pivot and do something else in order to make everything come together. I think that's really admirable to like, just go, just go for it. Just go. <laughs> so you told me that it took a little while to figure out like what efforts might have the most impact. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you navigated that progress? And if you found the magic formula, uh, can you tell us what it is? <laughs> well, honestly, it's hard to just tell. I think it really comes down to trial and error. Um, there was a lot of things that you know, I tried and it may not have looked right. It may look great on paper, but once you apply it to the film uh, perspective of it, it just didn't work. So there was stuff that had to be cut out um, as far as telling a certain story, you know, because you can have somebody sit down and talk all day, but until you actually sit down and really comprehend what they're saying, you have to be able to navigate. So it's trial and error. 
And the thing about it is the repetition of going in, cutting different scenes, uh, just a lot of repetition, it cuts down on your turnaround time and all that stuff. And you get more efficient. And it's all about research. So what were some of the other challenges that you ran into while, while producing your first video? Man. So things like scheduling, you know, I'm following somebody around for like two, three months at a time, just trying to get who they are as a creative. And so in the first episode, I was following around this guy named uh, Jason Alexander, who's a stand-up comedian slash entertainer host. And so that was a world that I had never really been in. And I didn't know the behind the scenes, you know, what actually happens behind the scenes. And so this is what kind of sparked the curiosity and wanted to document this because what we see is the finished product. And that's what happens with a lot of artists. You know, what the public sees is the finished product, but they don't understand the work that goes behind what makes that a complete product and a finished product. So that's what kind of fueled it. So you said scheduling was, was one of the challenges. I mm-hmm. want to ask you, um, and when we talked before, uh, you mentioned that passion and progress was form- formulated out of an opportunity to gain funding. It was right. like a contest or a kick. Can you go back and recount what that was like and, and what that process was about? Okay. Yeah. So I'll take you all the way back. So uh, me and my friend, we had an idea and this is passion and progress. The thing about it is with this idea, we were scrambling to try to figure out how we would start it, how we would go about this. And so I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I actually saw this contest called Keep It Colorful. And I was like, I don't really know what this is about. But once I looked into it, they were actually looking for creators of color who were looking to get into the film industry. And um, it was basically like a big shark tank (laughs) for uh, black film creators. And so with this, I was just like, all right. So I presented it to my partner and I was like, should we do this? Because the submission deadline for this <laughs> is literally like next week. And we had, we had talked about it over the summer, this whole passion and progress project, but it was like, when are we actually going to get the, the wheels turning on this project? And so, you know, they were like, okay, let's, let's do it. And so with this, it was basically a big, there was a number of different steps within the contest, but it was like a crowdfunding, um, contest with also you had to get your followers up on a certain platform which anybody who works with social media knows that building an audience from scratch is like one of the hardest things to do so you learned a lot through the process and you see what other people are doing around the country and so for this particular contest out of almost 100 or so entries we made it to like the top four and so it was like the, basically we were the, the finalists. We were one of the finalists that got picked. And so ultimately we didn't win, but at the same time, all the knowledge we gained of going through that entire process was something that you couldn't put a number, you couldn't put a price on it just because you're interacting with so many people. They put you up with mentors to kind of uh, teach you about the industry. Even if they aren't necessarily in the film industry, like you have the music creators, all kind of different people coming together to help you with your project, your baby. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, 
It's amazing what you can accomplish. (laughs) It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're like, well, now or never. It's now or never, right? (laughs) That's exactly how it was. It was now or never. And, you know, I'm playing back on things like my graphic design senses where I'm creating a campaign from it from scratch. Now I have to create the identity. And there's a lot of different variables that go into not only just formulating a well-produced, well-thought-out show, but also, like, how do you even promote this thing? Like, if you're starting from scratch, what do we need to do to get the ball rolling? So it was very interesting and I learned a lot through the entire process. Awesome. What would you say, like, was one thing that you learned in that process that really stuck out that you're going to take with you forever every time you make a new video? I mean, when it comes to asking for money, (laughs) asking for donations, I mean, the biggest thing is to be real with people and be honest. And um, it goes a long way instead of just sitting in front of the camera and you're like faking it or whatever. I felt like my biggest thing in my connection with people, my biggest connection with people is just being honest and upfront. And so I feel like it's so easy for people from the outside looking in to spot that fakeness. And so you just got to be upfront. You have to be honest and you have to be genuine about what it is that you're trying to do. I think you're totally right. I think uh, it's, it's easy to spot when somebody's being inauthentic. So it's really important. What, what would you say some of the impact is that you've, you've personally observed as a result of your efforts with passion and progress? Man, it's at the time. So passion and progress, once the whole campaign was over for that contest, what started out as a nationwide project came down to telling stories in my hometown. And so one of the first, like I was saying, the first episode that I have, it's featuring somebody who is from Lakeland. And so it it worked out perfectly just because of the fact that, you know, they're right here in their hometown. I don't have to fly anywhere or do anything. But I feel like with that, it was something that hadn't been done in the city. It was like this whole concept of highlighting somebody's efforts of you know, what they, what's their contribution to the community? It wasn't really something that was highlighted on the sense of uh, being somebody of color. You don't see that every day, especially in this format. So doing a project like this, it was cool to see people buying in on it that you wouldn't even expect. So I remember like the initial, cause it ended up being a whole thing. Like we made it this big thing. We had this big premiere of this project And just seeing everybody who came in just to support something that was positive. And that's the biggest thing, just showing positivity in the community, um, uplifting. It educates you to let you know that starting a business or running a business isn't easy. You have your ups and downs, but you have to be persistent and you have to um, you have to be consistent, (laughs) persistent and consistent uh, with your efforts to making this business a success. So that's what it takes. And so the feedback that we got from everybody, it just made it worthwhile. And it's like, all right, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Can you recall like any of those comments? Is there one that particularly stood out? This is what the city needs. This is what the community needs. Just because it's not every day that we have uh, people of color 
um, being looked at in a positive light when it comes to being on film or being on camera. Um, there's a number of different shows. There's a number of different things out there uh, as of lately that kind of highlights that. But being specific to my city, you don't really see a lot of that conversation happening. So that was the biggest takeaway from this Passion and Progress uh, project was just the fact that we wanted to highlight people uh, of color in the community who are doing positive things to show that, hey, this is possible. Awesome. This is what the city needs. Uh, this is what the city needs. It's like goosebumps. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, but, you know, that's, you send it out, you get uh, all these amazing comments and feedback about it, but how have you been personally impacted by this project? Honestly, when it comes to passionate progress or just, let's say, Project Elevate in its entirety, just the reaction that I get from people to let me know that I'm on to something, like I'm on the right track of something great. It's very inspiring. It's very refreshing because all of the work that they may not see behind the scenes in the hours and hours of editing and planning and traveling and this and that, when it all comes together, you don't even think about what you've been through. It's like, wow, this is being accepted for what it is. So this being my first project, it was very, like I said, it was very inspiring to keep it going. So you brought up a good point. We've only talked about one piece of Project Elevate. Um, the other part that I would really like to talk about is the Peacemakers. Oh, yeah. So let's, yes. let's switch gears for a moment. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Peacemakers. So you're making documentaries. Uh, what else are you doing? Man, so the Peacemakers is a group of artists, a group of local artists, let's say specifically Lakeland artists <laughs> as of right now, that really just wanted to make a difference using their gifts, no matter what it was. You had writers, you had graphic designers, traditional fine art painters, and we just wanted to impact our community in a way using our gifts. Like I said, there's so many different issues that can be solved just from the power of understanding like a different skill set or just understanding how to communicate with somebody. And so we want to use art as a way to communicate with others. What is, what's some of the impact that you've seen with the Peacemakers and some of the uh, events that you've done with them? And so the impact with the Peacemakers is just the way it gives an opportunity for the public to be able to express themselves in a way. Uh, it's a safe space where you know, anybody, depending on the event that we have, because our first event was actually a therapeutic painting event that was set up right in the heart of Lakeland and it benefited the homeless. And so the way, what we did was we set up shop in a park in the middle of Lakeland and we said, hey, anybody can come paint. Uh, whether it's talking about unity, community, just different themed uh, canvases. But the only catch is, you have to bring something to donate to, um, to the homeless. And so from that, like right after the event, we all just got out and we were just passing out different things, just, just getting out there as a team, as a group. And it was cool to see the community come together to support something, like I said, is different 
You know, you don't, <laughs> the scene to set it all up was, you know, you're in the middle of a park, you have canvases. It was like 12 different canvases in a circle. And it's just like, all right, come paint. This is benefiting the, the homeless. And so we actually had, what was actually inspiring and touching was the fact that we had homeless people actually out there and they were, you know, they were getting involved. They were painting as well. And so doing different things like that, you get to learn a little bit about, you know, who's in your community. And so I think that was a great bonding moment for the community. What, what do you feel like the future is like for Project Elevate? We're in a weird time. Uh, so you can, I mean, I think that in this context, you're allowed to be as realistic or as unrealistic <laughs> as you right. possibly can be. So what do you feel like the future is like for Project Elevate? Man, so the future, the future for Project Elevate, what I see for Project Elevate, then there's a whole other component that I hadn't even talked about, which is basically visiting different classrooms and going to different schools and colleges to advocate for design and storytelling, mixing the two together. And so when I do stuff like that and you see the eyes and the students click when they get it, and you see they're, they're being inspired. You know, you hear stories, uh, follow-ups from their teachers talking about, hey, you know, they were drawing, they were doing this, and they were showing me all these different things of their creativity and their creative side. That gives me a lot of hope for the future. Because like I said before, when you teach and you're, you're understanding about design, what happens is you see that a, it's a form of storytelling. You see that it's a way of communicating. And so... For that to be exposed to students at a young age, the sky's the limit to where they can actually take that torch and keep going with it. As for the future of Project Elevate, I would love to keep advocating for design and storytelling hand in hand. With COVID-19, we're still trying to figure out in the midst of this pandemic on how, what is the next step? What is the way, what is the biggest way we can make an impact uh, without, you know, doing it safely? basically. And so I think at the end of the day, we have to realize that we can only do what we can do. You know, the biggest thing is once we understand what it is that our gifts are, we can help other people with their gifts or, you know, just to kind of shed some light on what it is that we do and pass that along. Like I wouldn't necessarily be out here. Like I'm not trying to pretend uh, to be something I'm not. Uh, what is they call they call it what imposterism or <laughs> imposter syndrome that's what it is yeah no everything about me I feel like it comes from a real spot and it comes from my passion for design my passion for creativity my passion for storytelling and so when I get around people and I tell these stories my only hope and wish is that they take that information and that, that they digest it to come up with something for themselves. So that's what I see for the future of Project Elevate. So you're a designer with the city of Lakeland. Yes. Uh, and you also work on all these side projects on your own. Correct. To benefit the city of Lakeland. I mean, maybe like not the <laughs> government city of Lakeland, right. but like to, to benefit the culture and the, the community of Lakeland. Right. So, uh, how, how is that 
impacted, you know, how has your job with the city impacted your side work? So when it comes to working with the city of Lakeland um, and mixing that with my side projects, it's easy to kind of separate the two, but you understand that we're all working in Lakeland. And so my biggest takeaway from working with the city of Lakeland is just the fact that that's my hometown. So each project is extra special to me just because of the fact that this is where I grew up at. I know where this billboard is going. I know where this poster and sign is going to go. And just to create something that people notice or people see every day, like designing stuff like designing a graphic for a recycling truck or a fire truck or just something. And to see your babies out in the world, I call my design, my babies, to see my babies out in the world, um, it makes it extra special just because this is the city that I grew up in. And so I want to put my best foot forward as a designer uh, just because I know who's looking at it. I have friends who are here. It's like, hey, did you do this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I did. I don't boast about it or anything like that, but it's just cool to be recognized in that sense. And so when we're talking about design and government, mixing those two together, it may sound kind of, you know, it may sound kind of boring, but I take it upon myself to make mixing graphic design and government fun. I just, I do whatever I do. I, I love bright colors. I love uh, experimenting with different concepts to make you, uh, make the design grab your attention. I love that. Your design babies. Yeah, my design babies. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out next time I'm in town. And then I'll, oh, yeah. I'll snap some photos and I'll say, hey, did you do this? What about this? Right. Did you do this one? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. I have a, there's a bright van just out in the world. And it's, it's really bright. You can't miss it. And it says Lakeland Gov. And when you see it, you'll know it's me. That's all I'm going to say. If you're in Lakeland, you see this bright van that says Lakeland Gov. I got you. <laughs> Can we talk about the swans for a second? Yeah. Because this is a point of contention for me in, in Orlando. Okay. I feel like we had it first in Lakeland. Like, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like Absolutely. I feel like Lakeland owns the Swans, but there's something happening in Orlando where they're also trying to own the Swans. Maybe the Swans can't be owned, but like they're so close to yeah. each other, can they both be represented by Swans? I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like like you said, I've been seeing that from Orlando as of lately. But I'm not going to throw out any numbers. But we got our Swans personally from the Queen of England, and so. This is way back in the day. That should give us some credibility. I don't know if the Swans ended up in Orlando. I'm not sure about the history of how they got there, but Lakeland prides itself on its Swans. Like, on its, <laughs> its angry, crazy. How angry many Swans. swans <laughs> how many Swans I've drawn, designed, like all kind of different things, but I've done Swan coloring books, <laughs> Swan mascots for the fire department. So there's a whole bunch of different variations of the Swan. With its 36 or so lakes, you know, swans are pretty much, it's a common thing around here. I don't know about the other cities, but we take a lot of pride in our swans down here. You know, I'm regretting this now. I have a Lakeland shirt that has a bunch of the lakes. It's like, it's, it's like, it says like Holling, Hollingsworth, Mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and Wire, like it's got a bunch of the lakes, Scott, it's got a bunch of the lakes just listed mm -hmm. down. 
Uh, it was from the Lakeland Brewery. They were selling those. Okay. Oh, no, not Lakeland. Swan Brewery. <laughs> Swan Brewery. Swan yeah. Brewery. I bought it from them before they actually existed because it was at a, a beer fest that I went to. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to buy a shirt that has all the lakes from my hometown all over it. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of wishing I wore it now because it right. seems appropriate. But um, alas. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so that brings us to your creative challenge. Is there something that you have in mind that you would like to challenge our listeners to create? Oh, yes. Listeners, if you are listening, you are listening right now. I am talking to you. My creative challenge to you is to just create. And I feel like we should create at a pace of your own. So don't get caught up in what you see on social media. Don't get caught up what you see with the next person. Create on your own time and be consistent with it. Because at the end of the day, what you're going to see is when you look back, you're going to see how far you've come. So in order to get that far, you have to take small steps to go that far. So that's my, that's going to be my design challenge. That's going to be my challenge for the listeners. Just create at your own pace. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today, Jamin. Uh, I, hope that, <laughs> I hope that you had as much fun as I did. <laughs> I really did. This was fun. This was my first podcast interview, actually. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Jamin for reminding me that anything worth doing is worth doing, even if it's a completely new frontier. And with a little determination and help along the way, you can do anything. If you've made it this far, thank you. Be sure to tell us how you've completed or at least attempted to complete the creative challenge using hashtag challenge to create. Today's episode was edited by Scott Cartwright and mixed by Anthony Miracle. A big shout out to the AIGA Orlando board and community who supports this endeavor. If you'd like to reach me, my email is stories at orlando.aiga.org. Tell me what you thought and if there's anything you're looking for in your friendly neighborhood podcast. If you know someone who's doing amazing creative things for their community, send them my way so I can hear about what they're doing and amplify it. You can follow Care to Create on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to find out when new episodes come out. If you want to find out even more about AIGA Orlando and our mission, visit us at orlando.aiga.org or on Facebook and Instagram at AIGA Orlando. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more like it, subscribe, share it with someone who makes you laugh, and leave a review. It helps creators like myself to climb our way through the algorithms and share these amazing stories with the rest of the world. Until next time, stay creative.